Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. You are tuned to your program once again, Madrasa on Air with myself, Yasmina Peterson, alongside special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We will be breaking into the first segment being Knowing My Lord. And do know that we are going to be in your company up until 4pm this afternoon. We are still going to be on the topic of Nabi Musa alayhi salam. But for now, let us break into our very first segment being Knowing My Lord, where I say that Sheikh is still on the subject of Nabi Musa alayhi salam. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, how are you this afternoon? Fine, alhamdulillah. And how's yourself, Auntie Yasmina? I'm alhamdulillah, Sheikh. The floor is all yours. Shukran jazakallah khair for that one, Auntie Yasmina. Alhamdulillah, in, in, uh, uh, before we actually get into the segment, Alhamdulillah, wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala matla nabiya ba'da rabbi shrah li sadri wa yasir li amri wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا ومنفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته to all our listeners out there الحمد لله وthanks and praises due to Allah and love and salam to our beloved Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم to our last and final message whom Allah have sent to guide you and me how to be the best of man in this dunya and to be able to reap from this dunya and to be able to reap in the akhirah. May Allah grant us to be of those who are ready to want to be able to reap from this dunya and to reap from the akhirah. The very, very best. Allahumma ameen. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah. Thanks and praise to you to Allah. In this uh, uh, segment, knowing my Lord, um, uh, um, allow me just to be able to make the dua with you people. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رأس وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم باركنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله All thanks and praises you to Allah and love and salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam his family, his friends and all those who follow his path may Allah grant us to be worthy of that path and that we are part of them Ameen Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen Alhamdulillah in this segment Knowing My Lord we dealt with the kissa of Nabi Musa remember we are actually 
using these qisas which Allah shares with us in the Quran simply so that we can see how did Allah handle those other people and that's the reason why Allah is sending it to us so that we can look into there and see how did Allah handle them what was the challenges that they went through what was the, the, the challenges Allah gave them and how did they respond to that whom of them became successful and how did they manage to become successful and whom of them did not and for what reasons did they not become successful so that you and I can be able to know that when you and I need to live Islam, it is not far-fetched, it has been done, it is the proof is there, it's uh, through the life of all those people prior from the time of Nabi Adam, right up, all of them has been given the issues that you and I are dealing with, the commands that you and I are dealing with, and they need to respond, they either become successful and or not. Because of the way they deal with it. May Allah grant us insight. May Allah grant us realization that we obtain or understand the message. We get to know the benefits thereof and that we strive our best to implement so that we may be able to be part of those who become successful. Allahumma ameen. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. So we've been dealing with the Qissam Nabi Musa. And you've, we've, we've told you, or showed with you, showed you through the process of what happened at his birth, what happened at the time of his development in the house of the, in the palace of Firaun. We've shown you how he left it, and how he went to, to uh, the place where he actually got married to the people there, and how he developed his family there, and from there onwards he actually came back to, uh, and we were busy on his return back, from he, he travels back from Egypt. Um, to be able to, with the intention to meet up with his parents and his family that was his intention but we've shown you how Allah Ta'ala gives him a surprise informing him that he is Allah's messenger unto Musa unto Fir'aun and unto his people the Israelites to be able to grant them freedom from Fir'aun and how and what they're supposed to do is that they need to follow Musa to become a successful people if they are prepared to follow his lifestyle. And we see this and Allah then shows us so Nabi Musa has not doesn't have one issue to deal with. He has many issues to deal with that Allah sends him with. But Allah also know what the type of people is that Fir'aun that Musa is going to and so Allah prepares Nabi Musa and feeds him with the necessary tools that he needs to be able for him to become successful amongst those people with Fir'aun. May Allah grant success to all of us, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. If you have just joined in, assalamu alaikum to you and welcome to the show. I hope that you have your pens and papers handy. We ask that in our first segment being Knowing My Lord, and that is with regards to where Sheikh is still on the subject of Nabi Musa alayhi salam. Sheikh, tafaddal. Shukran jazakallah khair for that one. Yes, Mina. Um, Alhamdulillah, just before the break, we were busy. And I went to just fall us in as to where were we yesterday. And, and, and we said how Allah Ta'ala has uh, prepared Nabi Musa and gave him all his tools necessary, all the things that he needed. And he begged Allah for, his, for the assistance of his brother. And Allah Ta'ala then gave him the understanding that all you need to do is see that you fulfill whatever I've guided you and the two of you, you and Harun, you keep on keeping me in remembrance, right? Now, 
um, when we took you yesterday into an understanding of ourselves, how we see our life and our things, and we related it to the issue that no matter what your problem is, that never will you be a Musa, and never will you be will, will the, the the opposition or the problem that you have be something like Fir'aun. And Subhanak la hawla wa la illa, but Allah has shown Nabi Musa as Allah wanted to show us. And let's put that into your Qur'an and my Qur'an so that Allah can speak to you and to me and Allah talk to us and Allah inform us and Allah show us and Allah educate us and Allah skills us and Allah expose us to the understanding of that Qissa so that you and I can see into your life and mine and the lives of your children and your grandchildren in your future, in, in, your, in, in whatever the future holds for us. The problems is going to be exactly like what has happened prior you need to see what was the job how did Allah instruct Nabi Musa and how did Allah instruct his people and Firaun and all of them what was the message to them and what was given to them and how could they become successful because that's given in the Quran and what is the way if you don't want to be successful you must be able to understand like what happened to Musa like what happened to Firaun like to what happened to the other people for not being successful you had to do what was not the command of Allah and if you and I are not prepared to want to carry out the command of Allah and we don't want to follow that path and we don't want to submit to Allah and we don't want to be slaves of Allah and we don't want to be proud Muslims and we don't want to be able to love our life for the sake of Allah and his Rasul and we don't want to offer up everything in commitment to Allah and his messenger then unfortunately don't expect that you will just walk into Jannah Yawm Al-Qiyamah because the challenges given to Fir'aun and the, the things is very much like everybody else and may Allah to protect us that we are not of Fir'aun and not to the type of Fir'aun and not on, on his side we are the side of Musa we are on the side of those who take to the advice and who strive to carry it out and to love Muslim to want to be Muslim and be proud as Muslimin may Allah grant us that right? and that's what we shared with you yesterday until we we, 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 we informed you that until the moment Allah granted Nabi Musa to come into the presence of Firaun now Allah doesn't show to us because as we said, remember the Quran is not a storytelling book. I would have wanted to know from the story interest and I want to I want to know this and I want to know that what about this and what about that that that, that that's not no. Allah does the deal with Allah deals with what is imperative, important for you and me. So if something is not important, it's not mentioned in the Quran, Allah just stir, takes it out. Certain things is to be found in the books prior to Nabi to, Nabi, to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam the Quran that is not to be found in our book. Why? Because Allah saw the needs to feed this people in this ummah is what is pertinent. Things that can develop you, that can take you to greater levels. Things that can give you insight, can give you knowledge. That can. Be, so we don't need to ask the unnecessary yes, but, and, why, how come? We don't need, for instance, the question of, so what happened to Musa? Did he reach his mom? Did he speak with his mom and his dad? Did he interact with his brothers and sisters? Nothing of that is being dealt with here because it's not pertinent 
it's not of importance. It wouldn't benefit you or me. It doesn't add to your iman or not. Whether we know it or not. Or what's the name of the kids? And what's the name of this? And how does that name? These are unnecessary calls for information. It is of no benefit for our dunya and for our akhirah. And for that reason, it is not mentioned by Allah. Not even the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so the understanding... As long as you can understand and you see in the message where you fit in and what can help you as a person, you and me, and what can make us better Muslimin, and how what can make us submissive to Allah and makes us true slaves for the sake of Allah, then that is what Allah wants for us. Like Allah says, Hudan lil muttaqeen, this kitab, this book, as we said, is not a storytelling information. It informs us a lot of information of various stories. But its purpose is not to be able to go into the details of that. The purpose is to be able to feed us what Allah feels necessary for us. And what Allah feels necessary for us is the very best for us. May Allah grant us to be able to have the insight, have the understanding, have the iman and yaqeen, that knowing what comes from Allah is the very, very best for us. May Allah grant us to be able to want to serve that, to want to live that path, and to want to go through it successfully, inshallah. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah. So, for today we're coming to the issue of where we say, Nabi Musa meets up with Fir'aun. And here I probably want to be able to, sh- to share with us again Surah Qasas, Surah number th- uh, 28, verse number 36. Go there and see how Allah deals. But there's only about five ayat there, number 36, number 37, number 38, number 39, and, and number, th- number 40. Those are the five ayat that Allah deals with in this surah, where Allah speaks from what happens to Fir'aun. And Allah immediately takes it to from, from the meeting of Fir'aun, of Musa with Fir'aun, Allah immediately takes it up in that five ayat until the very departure of Fir'aun. If you want to go to details, more details, and Allah will share us with more details, I would like to expose you to Surah Araf. In Surah Araf, Surah number 7. Go to Surah number 7, verse 103. There is about um, uh, 28, 29, 20, 27, 28, 29 ayat of, of information that Allah shares us there. You can have a thorough check in there and see the details. I'm going to share some of those details with you if you don't mind. But my objective is one to say to you, we don't have all the luxuries to go through all the things because there's a lot of things that Allah shares with us. I'm going to look at the pertinent things for us. So that what, what is the lessons that we draw out of the message that Allah wants? The first thing of Nabi Musa getting in was Fir'aun. When Musa got to Fir'aun, I would like to share with us here the Fir'aun that Musa stayed at in his palace has passed on. By the time Nabi Musa came back, he's passed on. So his son is the new Fir'aun. And do you have any idea who is that son? That son happened to be, you remember, before Musa left palace there was a little boy that almost was just a few months younger than him that was born from one of the the, that son is the new Fir'aun and he knew Musa very very well so his meeting with Musa the first time has been no strange thing it immediately identified Musa he says you're Musa 
But you stayed with us. You lived with us here in the palace. And, 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 and you had certain altercations with us and problems with us. And, and you killed somebody. So we haven't had judgment on you as yet. They took him to that. And Musa said, I didn't come for that. I came from my Lord Allah who sent me to you to inform you that this is who Allah is and Allah instructs me that I must take the people, these Israelite people from here and take them back to where they originally came from, take them to the land called Israel. I need to take them there and this is what Allah has commanded me. But as for the issue pertaining to that which you said what happened, that what happened, happened. Unfortunately, when you speak about judgment, then I did no wrong, for I actually defended both people. And I wasn't here to be able to harm anybody. Accidentally, I killed. But that is by Allah, and Allah will not allow anything that has happened, whether it's happened with me or you or anybody. Nothing that anybody do. Don't you imagine you want to keep me under judgment? No, no, no. Nothing that you do, Fir'aun, or I do, or anybody else in the room, will be left and sort of not accounted for Yawm Al-Qiyamah. If you don't get through your accountability here in this dunya, if you're not judged by a judge here in this dunya, Allah is going to judge you and me, Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And for that, Allah knows the reality, and Allah is going to be the most fairest judge. So immediately, Allah Allah granted Fir'aun, Nabi Musa, to be able and. Then Nabi Musa instructed Fir'aun what, what he came for. Now remember, Allah said to Nabi Musa, um, He is harsh, he's hard, he's a, he's a tyrant. But with all that, you deal with him very gentle and kind. You deal with him very, very gently, Musa. Don't be harsh with him, don't be hard with him, be gentle and kind with him. Let him understand the message of Allah. Pass the message over to him. Tell him who Allah is. And then he started arguing with Nabi Musa about who is Allah. Um, how come, who is this Allah? Where is he? And Allah shows us in Surah Qasas how Fir'aun summons his, his great personalities, the people of his place. And he asks, he says to them, I doubt very much what Musa is saying to us. I doubt that, but I want you to do me a favor. He claims his Lord is in the summer. Allah is in the summer. I want to build you to build me a palace as high or a, 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 a tower as high as you can. As high as the highest level of a tower you can build. And I can get into this tower to be able to see where is the Lord of Musa. I want to meet up with him. So obviously it tells us the deep, the deep, the deep ignorance of Fir'aun. The deep ignorance of Fir'aun was so deep, so intense, so severely ignorant was he, that he could say this. I would want, you must build me a, a, a tower up in the Sama, um, was what we call a skyscraper, that goes above the, 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 the clouds. I want to see up there, who this Lord is of Musa that he says, and I want to meet up with him. But he said it with arrogance. He said this arrogantly and, 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 and almost boastful. Uh, um, 
as a chill, as a joke. Say that that doesn't make sense. The Lord says, He forgot that He needs to come to us, that we're going to deal with Him, that he's dealing with us is a necessity. Subhanak la illa billah. And then Allah shows us in the other places, like I've said in Surah Al Araf, Allah shows us what happened when Nabi Musa said to him that Allah has given me some signs to give unto you. He says, Allah has given you signs to give unto me. What signs are those? And Nabi Musa took sta- the staff that he had and let it go. And obviously when he let it go, it became a serpent. Like what happened on the mountain with Nabi Musa. But this time it became such a massive brick serpent. And the serpent moved to Firaun and he opened his mouth and he was massively massive big. And he came to Firaun and he, he, he faced Firaun. And immediately from Firaun turned to everybody and say, get this thing out of my sight, get this thing out of my sight. Subhanallah. But this is Allah's message to you. And then Firaun uh, 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 made the uh, how, how can how can your Lord send things of this nature to me? And this is to Nabi Musa says him, okay, there was a second one he gave to me to you. And Nabi Musa took his hand and he lifted up, and as he lifted up, it became brighter than the sun. Allahu Akbar. And again, Firaun couldn't see anything in front of him. And and he says, stop that! As soon as he put up, put up that light, put up that light. But as the great bright light, he couldn't. He, because he couldn't see in front of him because it's too bright, too absolutely bright, right in his face. Subhanallah. Now you and I need to understand. Musa is not standing far away from this person, because Musa and this person were playing together. They were reared together. They did everything together. They know one another. So Musa can speak to him one-to-one as a friend, as, an, as a person who's been with him all these years. We were, the, we were playing together. We did everything together. For whatever Firaun was in need of then we, when he was a child, Musa was the one who supported him, who prayed with him, who acted with him. And so now it is not distant that the, uh, uh, the king Musa comes right up to him and Musa deals with him. And Musa says to him, These are the gifts my Lord have sent unto you to show you the powers of my Lord. But Firaun could not take that. His arrogance, his adamance wouldn't allow him to accept that. And he said, I can see you came with what the story is of the fortune tellers. But I have many fortune tellers amongst me. And these fortune tellers can deal with you. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And that is now concluding by our first segment being Knowing My Lord. You are still tuned to Madrasa on E, Developing Islam in Me. Do know that you can send through your questions to 072-238-0712. Alternatively, send through an SMS to 47913. And we're now going to be breaking into our second part of the program, being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. And here Sheikh is going to be doing some recapping as to some memory refreshers when Sheikh ended yesterday. Sheikh Tavadol. Shukran jazakal khair for this moment, Yasmina. In this segment, um, I am a Muslim and what's expected of me, we were dealing with a section of Salah, 
And we're actually dealing with the prerequisites of salah, what things is needed prior to us salah. We've gone to the various things that we, we're looking at. We did the stinja, we did the hudu, we did the khusu, and we've now gone to some others. And we're dealing with the issue of the impurities, that there is other impurities that we need to make sure that is not on our bodies, or our bodies is clean of. Some when you and I want to perform the salah. So, to be able to perform the salah, which we need to do, and prepare ourselves for the salah, these impurities must be removed. And how do we remove those impurities and understanding those impurities, right? Those impurities, they said the Arabic word for these impurities was najasa. And najasa means uh, uh, najis, something that's filth. As we said, everything that is repulsive to to the human being, uh, 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 that is of sound nature, right? Um, so may Allah grant us to be of those people who actually can do it, apply, uh, apply those things to us, inshallah. The principle ruling pertaining to to the things of Allah Ta'ala, whatever Allah's made, is permissibility and purity. Meaning everything that is made is permissible and pure, that's the base of everything, unless and until the Sharia indicates to us it is not of that nature. We understand. So everything by its nature is pure, it's permissible, it's clean, and everything is then permissible and inter- for reason for us for interaction, right? Except for what comes from Allah and His Messenger. So, really, everything that Allah hasn't said to us, it's not permissible, it is permissible. The silence on it, it is, is permissibility, right? Like the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, uh, um, uh, the, the permissibility is, ex- is, is clear and is explained. Just the fact that there's nothing said about it. So what is not permissible? So you, you and I don't need to worry about the eating of ox or eating of cow. Um, because Allah doesn't say anything about that. Allah just mentioned the khinzir is not permissible. right? So when it comes to, okay. So those things that Allah remains silent on, that's totally permissible. The base is permissible. And that which is not the Qur'an or the Sunnah will give us exposure to that, right? And those are the two things. Only the Qur'an and the Sunnah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are the only two things that can take us to the understanding or the exposure of how do we understand the message of Allah ta'ala. And so we see how the Sharia deals with this process. So if someone therefore claims that an object is impure, then it is the responsibility on that person. If anybody comes, anybody wants to say, yeah, but something is impure, then the, the law is or the ruling is that that person must come up with a proof that it is impure. If you cannot come up with a proof, you that makes the claim, cannot come up with a proof that that thing is impure, then unfortunately it is pure, it is natural, it is accepted. That is Allah's law. So until you come up with a proof and it's hard and proof to be able to show, then yes. Do we understand? So so everything in our deen, the basic is everything is permissible, everything is pure and everything is clean. But when somebody wants to, if if not by Allah and His Messenger, then nobody else has got the right except for Allah and the Messenger. That person has the responsibility at 
difficult burden on him and he must go out of his way and is to make sure that the sooner he has made the statement the law is now on him and Allah is going to keep him responsible for what he said and what he claimed and he must ASAP the soonest he must be able to see that he goes out of his way to get a result to prove that what he has said either to be so or to be the opposite of that right but it is on that person Allah puts it on him because he wasn't given the right to be able to make statements not you neither I nobody no professor no lawyer unless and until you have the knowledge no, your knowledge means nothing your knowledge must be then tested to be able to prove that your is that it, the proof that you can bring forth whether it's accepted that that thing can be uh, qualified as something that's nudges right other than that like for instance um many of us don't know this birds that fly in the sky if they dirt fall onto you then there's nothing wrong that isn't nudges even it's nothing it's not nudges it's not considered nudges if if it's wet you can just rub it off or take some water take it off just take it off you it normally doesn't have a smell in it but it's not considered najis and you can make salah in its clothes it wouldn't affect your salah and allah doesn't feel bad allah feels happy and you have of allah's creation unto you it's no sin it's nothing wrong it's nothing to do with najis it's not considered najis subhanak the feces of birds that flies in the sky subhanak lands unto you it's not considered but that is allah's law so yes only Allah and His Rasul can inform us this. Nobody else, right? So somebody wants to know they make a, a research into the, 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 the feces of, of, of birds and then to come up and say that it is not permissible, nobody can do that. Allah has already given the permissibility of that. So what Allah has given the permissibility of, it would be stupid of such a person. It would unfortunately be the, the, the greatest level of ignorance of such a person to want to do a research in it and say, but I want to prove that it is not just. The Lord has given, the Lord of creation, the, the all the professors together can never get to him. He knows the details. And he says it's totally permissible. So don't don't try to be foolish. Don't try to be ignorant. Don't want to be an ape or a fool or a donkey or worse than that. Accept the fact that you are human. And when Allah speaks, you need to follow and listen to what Allah says. Second part of the program being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? We are about second part of the program being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And here you can send through your questions regarding what Sheikh has been talking about. And that is on our WhatsApp number as well as our SMS number. Sheikh, you can continue with the photo. Shukran jazakallah for that one, Yasmina. Um, in the, just before the break, we were busy speaking to us about impurities and letting us understand that if Allah and His Rasul has given us guidance do not try to be of those who go out to want to prove it otherwise their statement their command is final and if you are going to do to want to prove it otherwise you're going to harm yourself in the process you're going to spend lifelong and you're going to get to no results if you do not get to that results unfortunately 
or otherwise if you research one to only prove it to be as such and you will only get to what Allah because Allah is the creator of it all he knows what is best for us and he knows what benefits us and what harms us in the processes right and if Allah has made something haram it is absolutely haram it is absolutely haram it is negative it is it is it is it and we must know it is totally destructive it is cock harmful it's of no benefit it's absolutely no no benefit don't even dream yes but and nay there's absolutely no benefit in anything that Allah said to us it is haram right and if Allah shows us that may Allah grant us insight and understanding inshallah so the story the first amongst the various things that there is of that that is impurities the first one is called the urine of the human being the human urine as a as, 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 as a, 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 a impurity and the feces that comes from man right um, they both are both and so the proof to the first one or the proof first to the feces that it is impure in a hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us in this hadith that uh, uh, if any one of you steps in with his sandals or with his shoes into something that's filthy then the earth, the ground of the earth, is the purification for it. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And the word the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used in this hadith is the word other. Something that's harmful, something that is filthy, something that is impure, something that can do harm and wrong to us, right? Um, and here it, ref- it refers, to, refers to anything that is of harm, um, such as impure things and such as filth and such as dirt um, and all those type of things and in, specifically in this hadith it is those impurities that is actually uh, as we see you walk into to, to, to the, 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 the feces of something or somebody right and the Nabi sallallahu also gave us in the hadith the means for cleansing and he says to at the ground the very earth you rub it on there and it becomes it becomes a cleaning factor. Subhanak la hawla wa See here we see one of the ways of cleansing things, especially with dirt gets on gets onto your shoes or your sandals or your feet. And then the best way to clean it is the ground itself. The ground cleans it by itself. Subhanak la hawla wa The issue pertaining to urine, oh Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentions to us in a hadith. Or the common hadith that is known to us of a Bedouin that once came to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the masjid to speak to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and while sitting in the congregation with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he got up and went to the side inside the masjid he went to the side and there he this just went to relieve himself with urine that came forth Allahu Akbar and when the Sahaba saw this they were terrified by that because nobody does that and they wanted to stop him. They, they tried to stop and immediately the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa stopped the Sahaba and said to them, no, 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 leave him, let him carry on, let him complete. So then he carried on and he completed and as soon as he was then completed with his act, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa in his action and his word then showed us the method of doing the cleansing. So automatically that which the Bedouin did we would not have done 
But it was the answer for us as to how to handle the response, if for that matter, what do we do with the cleansing, if for that matter, urine gets onto our bodies or onto our clothing or something of that nature. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, or the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked him to leave him, and as soon as he, he was finished with that, the Nabi asked for a container of, 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 of water to be brought in, and poured it over the place where he was making the urine. To be able to indicate that that cleans the place, but it also is the means for you, when urine gets onto ourselves or onto our clothing, then the method of dealing with urine is to be able to, uh, uh, when it's urine, then it needs to be able to water the washing process that we're speaking about. Water cleanses it. In the issue of feces, and I'm, 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 I'm here referring to, um, there's a general one that you find outside, you say you walked into some feces and you don't know what animal it was, right? Um, and, and you can use the ground to clean yourself. But what happens in our homes and in ourselves? If for that matter, um, uh, feces touch, touches our body, or you suddenly leave yourself and it gets onto your body in uncomfortable circumstances, how do you deal with it then? Then you can rub it off with the normal form of istinja. And the normal forms of istinja is with a something uh, solid, something like a cloth, some, something like a the paper, and to be able to use water after that, to, to see that you get everything off as soon as possible. That is what is referred to, may Allah grant khair and barakah, that we come to know how to be able to clean ourselves. Then there is the issue, the third one, of the things that is not clean or that you need to cleanse yourself with is the thing called that happens in our lives that deals with us is the thing that's called madi and there's another one that's called madi wadi madi is a thin clear sticky sticky fluid that is produced during the rows of stimulation between uh, the, uh, the, the partners when they deal with one but it does not come out like the ejaculation of semen right it doesn't gush out like that right now that could happen that 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 madhi could also come to a person where he's the he's the, there's no interaction between him and his partner but it just comes forth by itself Shukran so much for that. I hope that you are going to be enjoying the segment like all of you are being enjoying the segment. Alhamdulillah. For now, I'm going to be heading over to Sheikh to continue on our second part of the program being I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? Sheikh Tafadol. Shukran. Jazakallah for that. Just before the break, um, we, we were dealing with uh, the issue called Madhi. Now, we indicated that Madhi is something that comes from the body. Of the person both male and female it's a sticky fluid it's um, a, a fluid that comes out usually when before the, the couples get together the foreplay creates a situation where they uh, uh, brings this, this uh, uh, fluid to the fore and it becomes the lubricating factor for the interaction or the the fact that they kind of penetrate with one another and but that if it comes out other than that, and that that fluid, for that matter, um, 
if you need it it, it it has to be able you need to be able if it gets onto the body or onto the clothing then you need to clean it right and it, it is recommended for us that the if it comes if it gets excreted it occurs in both in women and men it is impure thus the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam ordered that the private parts must then be washed due to it and Allah Ali radiallahu anhi says um, that I was the person who would have had madhi from time to time and it just comes out but I was too shy to ask the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam about it and then due to my relationship with his daughter the fact that I was married to his daughter I felt uncomfortable thus I requested one of the sahaba radiallahu anhim by the name of Miqdad ibn al-Aswad and I asked him, and he went and he asked the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what if that happens to a person, speaking generally? And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then answered and he said, he should wash his private parts and make ablution or take wudu as normal. So we then come to know that that thing is, its nature is when it comes out of the body, it is impure. If it comes out of the body and it gets onto the private parts or the, on the clothing, it's impure. You need to be able to wash that area. And then I said to him what he should do. He should wash the private parts, um, and, and, and which, which we call the istinja, the normal istinja process. You wash around it. And, uh, and uh, if it touched your clothing, according to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you should just uh, wet the area and let it come out, right? Um, and, and, and so the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has shown us how to deal with it. The other thing which is called wadi, it is white. A thickish fluid that comes out of the, uh, after the urine, right? A person has gone for urine, he relieves himself, and it, it's usually due to an infection or something that happens in the body, body that's not natural. Um, it is, it is, it, it, its nature is that it is also impure and usually that is a thickish the type of uh, fluid that, that, that that's almost uh, looking very much like what we call uh, um, semen but it, it's not semen in, in that case if, uh, when it comes in, in that form it is a thing due to which is the, 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 uh, you need to wash it off but what the Nabi Sallallahu says, wash the private parts and make ablution like what you make, to make the wudu like what when you do for the for, for salah. When it is the issue of semen and semen comes out of the body, then obviously a ghusl is needed for the body, to clean the body, right? We also note that these two things, madi and wadi, if it lands on the clothing, right? If it touches the clothing, the clothing must be just uh, if it dries, you can rub the clothing out, out and, 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 and uh, take it off, um, and, and, and you then sprinkle it with water, or you can wash it like what we normally say. We, we can send it for, for a wash, right? When it comes to um, um, the, the, the process of when we notice that when uh, um, the, the issue of Semen lands onto the 
uh, uh, a purpose, person's clothing. Then according to that, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam indicated to Aisha radiallahu and to others the fact that it is clean by nature. Semen is clean by nature, right? Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah and that when it, it gets onto the clothing, all you need to do is you rub the area there so that you can just have the effect of the stain away. Um, you can wash it off, you can wash it if you want to, but it is not something that's dirty or seem to be dirt, right? Um, the other thing is the dung of animals that cannot be eaten. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, the messenger of Allah went to relieve himself and he said, bring me three stones. I brought him two stones and a piece of dung of the animals. He took the two stones and he, he threw away the dung saying, it is filth. It cannot, use, cannot be used to be able to clean yourself or others. Right? So if it's filthy itself, filth can be used to be able to to clean you, clean, clean other a person with it. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And it's now time for us to move along to our next segment, being leadership in Islam and its progression. And yes, Sheikh is going to be continuing as to where Sheikh stopped yesterday, Sheikh Tafadol. Shukran for that one, Yasmina. Alhamdulillah. Um, yes, uh, we have completed the, the, the segment of um, I'm a Muslim, so what is expected of me? Um, and, and we move over to the next segment, inshallah, leadership in Islam and its progression. Now, in the issue of leadership in Islam and its progression, we with, uh, yesterday we ended with the issues that, that, that we looked at in the Surah, tul, uh, um, surah Shura, Surah number uh, uh, 42, verse 38. And we did Surah number 3, Surah Ali Imran, verse 159. And we've shown us how Allah Ta'ala shows us the processes of what happened at the various times. We even shared with you the understanding of what happened with uh, at the Battle of Uhud and how the, the people dealt with the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam yesterday. We're looking at, a, at a, a subject today, slightly adding to the consultation in leadership. Right? But we're dealing more with the issue of develop what we call the essence of developing those leaders, right? This is what we're looking at in today's lesson, and may Allah grant us to be able to find success and to develop in this. Now, um, when Allah initially created the human being, right? Allah equipped us with something absolutely phenomenal, and that thing is Allah equipped us with the intellect. One, and with that, Allah also equipped us with resources of the earth, right? So Allah provided us with the intellect as having the ability to be able to understand, to see how we react and to be able to say yes and no and to be able to develop and to grow and to benefit and to, to improve ourselves in our environment and to play a role of 
success and pass over the good things that Allah has granted us, though the intellectual power grants us that ability to be able to use us. See how we can actually, through the intellectual power, can understand the world around us, can make use of those resources that Allah has given us and the skills that Allah has given us, and the, the, the abilities that Allah has given us to be able to use the intellect so that we can be of benefit to ourselves and of benefit to others. Right? Subhanak la hawla wa la billah billah. Now not all people has the ability or at the same time to be able to develop their own skills or to be able to use the intellect and immediately. But Allah expects of us that we use the intellect as the most. It is that tool that Allah has given to all of us that needs to be used the most of our whole body. Many of us, we have our tongues moving like anything. I twat, 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 twat. I can, cannot, I can carry on talking and talking and talking, but I cannot use my brains. Some people can look around and look at things and, and interpret this, that and the other, but they cannot use their brains. Some people can go around listening to other stories and do this, that and the other, but they cannot use their brains. But the greatest thing that was given all of us, everybody, is not the use of the eyes, neither the tongue, neither the hands, neither the feet, or the rest of the body organs, because they by nature are working we don't even have a control over them, but the organs such as my hands, as my feet, as my ears, as my nose, as my mouth, as my tongue or my eyes, I'm supposed to use, but it needs to go in, it needs to work hand in hand with the brain. And the intellect that Allah has given is so that I can separate me in my, at what Allah has given to me, from the other creation of Allah. Allah's created plants out there, they do not think, they interact, they do things, Allah commands them and they fulfill the commands. Allah's created animals, those animals, they do things, they act and interact and they respond and they, they don't have the capacity of a mindset like yours and mine, of an intellect of the human being. Now everybody that is a human being, everybody, because there's certain other beings out there, but the person who is a human being, he's been given an intellect superior to all other creation. Allah Ta'ala goes to the extent to say to us how Allah has honored us, revered us, given us total reverence, making us completely different giving us a status, a position superior to everything out there, but we must not use our superiority in boast and brag. For other creation, they only submit to what Allah has given them, and they carry out in submission. You and I have got the greatest uh, gift from Allah by having given the intellect. How much are we showing we using this intellect to be able to serve Allah? The other creation hasn't been given this. So there's no reason that you and I should be boastful and bragging or thinking ourselves superior or as bitter as anasi. Allah don't want us to do that because that is satanic that is corruption that is destruction that is kibber and that is not good it is negative it is only bad for ourselves bad for our dunya and bad for just the imagination or the dream that I'm better
the fact that Allah has made us better, even Allah was making us better by having to give us this great intellectual power, says to us in the Holy Quran, The most revered and honored amongst you that can claim I'm better is the person who has more taqwa. But the person who has more taqwa will never ever say that because a person of taqwa will never claim himself to be better for he knows that is satanic, that is shaitan, that is corruption, that is the world of satanism. Na'udhu billah. May Allah protect. For a person with taqwa will never ever see himself or think himself better than anybody else. But Allah says it is a person with taqwa that is more revered, that has got more status, or the greatest of status. But Allah also indicates a person such will never say that, or never expose that in his action, that he is and sees himself superior or better than others. May Allah grant us to be of those people who understand that we've been granted this great gift, and we need to stimulate this gift. This gift needs to be working all the time. Like my heart, Allah's created it, Allah's given it a job, it does its job. Right? My ears was given a job and it does that job. I don't even have control of it, it listens to many things, hears many things. I can put it, I can focus in, into listening attentively to certain things. I can hear many things, but I can decide I want to listen to something. And I, the same happens with my eyes. I, can, I, I see many things, but I look specifically focusing my look, my glance onto something specific. Then I look at that, and which means I have a sense of control over my eyes. I have a sense of control over my ears. I also have a sense of control over my tongue. My brain, my intellect was given to me. It cannot work except for when I activate it, when I keep it alive, when I make it. The brain doesn't work by itself. So I've been given the right to have full control of my intellect, to use my intellect and to, to see how best I can understand the world around me, the things around me. I look, I think, I am not monkey see, monkey do. I'm not supposed to be uh, 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 following like an ape, just do what others do. I'm supposed to always, forever, 24-7, if I'm awake, I'm supposed, the thing that needs to be the most, most used of my whole body is my intellect, is my mind. It must be active it, for everything. That's why if I want to be a driver in the road, I need to be vigilant. My mind must be working with the fact that this car is coming on, somebody's walking over the road, somebody's kicking a ball over the road, a child is coming running on, uh, and two, three cars, and this car is moving fast in front of me, the other one's walking slow. And so my mind needs to look at all those things. And I must understand the processes, and I must. So yes, my in my intellect, my mind must be intellectually gauged in such a way that as a driver, I must be able to be aware. But if I interact with people, my mind must be working and dealing with people all the time and understand my world around me. And I just, I'm not a monkey see, monkey do, and I may not be a monkey see, monkey do. Allah did not create me to be a monkey see, monkey do. Allah created me a human being, not a monkey.
But if I want to be a monkey see, monkey do, I decide I am a monkey see, monkey do. So I, I must probably in the sight of Allah, I'm a monkey. Na'udhu billah. So Allah hasn't created us as monkeys. Allah has created us as human. And Allah has given us a position of honor and dignity above the other creation. So I am not supposed to act like a monkey. I must be able to use my intellect and think constantly and be of benefit. Right? And so the process of that in leadership, the use of the brain, makes me the superior being to others. Whereby Allah has given me the responsibility to be able to then take the sense of being the Khalifa of the human race, of, 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 of the race, of the, all the races on earth and all the, the creation of Allah. I'm the superior one of them all. I'm supposed to take responsibility and always consider whatever I hear, whatever I see, whatever I do, whatever I participate in or participate with. The, act or the portion of my body that does the most work that goes into into maximum work is my brain needs to work to find how can I get to things and Allah's given me guidance to show me how to live as a Muslim and how to serve Allah right but I need to know what makes me a perfect human being, the best of human beings, the best of creation. What makes me be that? And I must be able to use that maximum level, right? And that is one important aspect in the process of leadership, right? And so we've, we've seen many of these things prior. We're only reminding us again this because the need of understanding how we should be looking at leadership and what makes a person a leader. Your ability, remember the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's words when he said to us, Kullukum ra'in, each and every one of you and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and your great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren forever and your own children and your parents and then your great your parents your great parents of before they all had to use the intellect on the highest level it should have been the things most used the masjid that masjid dankani kharpis wada khabizat in some tight but they said it when they found this person uh, in the in the days of apartheid um, the jokes that they made they said that if a person is a uh, uh, a white man, then they won't easy take his brains because it's overused. And if it is a, a, a colored man, because underused. And but if they find a black person's brain, then they would definitely buy it and take it and use it because it was never used, right? The one is overused, the one is underused, and the other one is, is, is never used. Now the bill. The unfortunate thing that I need to share with you in the research that we're doing nowadays and finding the life of the world, we find the Jewish nation are saying there's one thing that happens in the rest of humanity, whether they're black or blue or pink or yellow or white or lilac. If they're not Jew, they have a brain box, but unfortunately, they are like animals, a brain box that is underused, surely, whether they're white or whether they're black. So it's not to do with white, it's to do with the fact, but Allah wants us to understand if you are human, you should have used this thing. And if you're Muslim, you should be more so using the intellectual power to the highest level. 
every Muslim, what makes us Muslim is the fact that our intellectual power and thus when Allah started giving the revelation to the, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam right at the beginning, he did not say to him, believe in me. He did not say to them, make salah. He did not say, to make, clean yourself. He didn't say any of that. He said to them, use your intellect. Iqra. Move. Iqra means intellect. Intellectualize, use your intellect, make it open, think, pardon. Now think of your grandfather, our grandfathers. There were people who didn't have clock, uh, universities, they didn't have any degrees, they didn't have any schooling. They didn't, uh, didn't have almost any schooling whatsoever. But they could walk over the field, and or they could uh, see, look it up in the weather. There was no weather that could have told them, is this going to be the degree? They'd look around and they would advise us and subhanak what they advise us came to be successful. And that is if we had to follow it, you find ourselves successful in our life. We are in our third category of the program being leadership in Islam and Islam. And on technical controls we do have none other than Faiz Davids. Now I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to continue where Sheikh stops with Sheikh Tafato. Shukran Jazakallah and the Yasmina. And before we uh, had the break um, we were busy speaking on this great favor that Allah created man with and given to the human race and the need for us to see that we actually get that part of our body works high, the best right now anybody that want to be of benefit to others anybody that want to play a role of others the best thing that you always should do is use the brain right and if you use the, for all your usage of the brain, believe you me, you're going to be benefited. But I also know, with no disrespect, and I'm not undermining anybody, we weren't reared, we weren't nurtured. We grew up in an era where we almost couldn't use our brain. We shouldn't, and we were even told many a times, I didn't uh, re- uh, uh, hire you to be able to use your brain. I was going to tell you what to do, and you just do it, right? Don't use your brain. And don't think for me, I'm doing the thinking. Uh, that type of rearing we were in, right? And so we were almost skipped through the process of having to use the brain. But believe you me, the most important thing to be done in the field of education, in the field of development of the human being, in the field of growth and development, in the field of being successful, in the field of having to be able to support others and play a role to benefit was supposed to allow us to see that the thing that we use the most is not what we do with our tongue is not what I, we do with our eyes and our ears as what we will do with our brains and if we had to to be developing our brains and have to skill our brains and having to be able to work and to maximize its value then we would have been beneficent to ourselves and of a great benefit to everybody else out there and like we've said the words of Allah when Allah wanted us to develop to come out of jahiliyyah to take us out of that ignorant time that we've been in and to bring us into this modern world where Allah is going to expose us to the world of technology to the world of information to the world of the sciences and the world of, of, of histories and, and, and understand and play a role to be a benefit for all those Uman prior, then the thing that we should have at the highest point in working is we should be using our brains. 
So if you want to be successful and effective in your tongue, successful and effective with your eyes, successful and, uh, and, and of benefit with your ears, then you must be able to have those things interact with the brain on the highest level. And even if you want to use your hands or your feet or any part of your body that you want to use, then if you have it connected with your brains, you can actually get maximum value and you can get to be able to become successful for this world and successful for the year after. May Allah grant us that. And that is the reason why Allah has granted us not to be like the animals, but better than the animals. Not to be... We learn many things from the animals, but Allah has made us superior to them in the superiority that Allah has granted us not to be able just to live the, the way they live. You and I, Allah gave us the honor of always using our intellect. So the greatest and most important thing that when any, uh, anybody wants to do anything as a Muslim or as a human being, whatever we want to do, you can get maximum value from that in the Akhirah when you and I have your intellect connected with them on the highest level in the obedience of Allah and His Messenger. May Allah grant us to be those people, inshaAllah. And so... If we dream or we think about the issue of leadership, which is a responsibility on each and every one of us, the Muslim Ummah, every one of us must be leaders. We must take leadership responsibilities and we must be because in our life we deal with children, youth and youngsters and others. And so we must be role models. We must be positive. We must give messages. You didn't ask to want to be a role model. You are a role model. The very fact that these youngsters in your presence, you are a role model. You need to know that you're a role model. You are responsible you didn't ask to take responsibility you were given responsibility so you need to be responsible because that makes you a human being nay that makes you a muslim human being even a better one may allah grant us to understand what allah wants for us in islam and how we must be able to put in all our efforts and yes, because we weren't there yesterday, we weren't reared to develop our brain. And that's why many times when you actually get the Muslim Ummah into a, a, a classroom or people together and you start to stimulate the brain, Nasiri means, I wouldn't even buy dunk. It must be the only thing that you do continuously and forever and forever and never ever stop. Never stop. Never, never, never stop. You don't have a you don't have a break in thinking. You need to keep it alive because there's always things happening around us. And you always need to be a Muslim. And if you don't use your common sense, you can so easily become non Muslim. Because you don't use your brains. And because we are not supposed to be monkey see, monkey do, we are not apes. We are human beings. We need to keep the focus of the brain to the highest level. For if we're going to go further in having to assist others and to help others, then the most important aspect of our life is to see that we get our brains working and yes, assist and help the rest of the human being that they get their minds working at the highest level. If you want good jobs, get the people's minds to understand what's happening. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. The last few minutes of our program, we are in leadership in Islam and its progression. And yes, Sheikh is going to be continuing. Sheikh Tafatul. Alhamdulillah. Shukran for the Yasmina. 
in in the in the process of we speaking about the use of the intellect, our our hope and intention was to be able to allow us to understand that um, in leadership it is expected of us to be able to be people who recognize that we need to grow ourselves and we need to work at ourselves and we need to be the role models for others and that we are the role models and that we are the responsibility for what happens with the next generations to come so remember there was not nobody when you and I came to the earth and we didn't know what to do there was a life of human beings there was a mom and a dad and there was family members and other people and they all were part of the making of you and me they all assisted some of them intentionally some of them unintentionally making who you and we are and what we became right and but if we become leaders or we take leadership as a responsibility and fulfill that within ourselves then we need to be able to see that we develop the next level of leadership that follows in the future and we've mentioned the ayat of before that of Allah that shows us that when Allah says وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ imama," grant us to be the leaders the leaders of this humanity the human race the wonderful leaders to lead them into success and the righteousness of this world and the year after right we ask Allah, and Allah says we must ask Him that, right? Right? May Allah grant us to be of those leadership. But that is the responsibility on everybody, on every human being, on every Muslim, right? If you're Muslim, the responsibility is on our neck. We need to see to that. And we're fortunate not only were we given the, the status by Allah, but also given a leader, a wonderful leader, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the best of creation, the best of the total human race, the best of all the anbiya, the best of everything in Allah's creation, Allah took him and made him our leader. Allah made him your leader, my leader, our leader, the leader of the Muslim ummah. The leader of those who wants to be successful, the leaders of those who wants to be the, the, the top notch who wants to be able to work to get the greatest reward not only for this world but to be able to read to lead to, to love a lifestyle that become the best of human beings the best of human beings is a Muslim and the best of the Muslim ummah is the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam my Nabi your Nabi our Nabi this great Nabi that we are all absolutely proud of sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa barik wa sallim salatu wa salaman daimaini mutalazamaini fi kulli waqti wa hain salat and salam upon him on a continuous basis by the millions and the billions ya rab from all of us ya rab oh allah from all of those who wish to be able to follow his lifestyle for all of those who wants to be true muslims wants to develop that we see in him he's got everything of having used this intellect to the best level and he's the one that teaches us and shows us to such an extent <coughs> that the kuffar they come to recognize and see him sallallahu alayhi wasallam to be historically the best human being and they put him on the highest list of all creation of all human beings the best to be able to have served the human race through the ages 
And this is the Kufar have seen this. And they've identified him. They saw in him he has got all the qualities where he's made the best of himself as the best human in the use of his qualities given to him, more so the intellectual power given to him as man, interacting and always being considerate and always seeing how can he actually be a benefit to himself and the benefit to the rest of the human race. Ya Rab, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa barik wa sallam. And Allah calls him, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ We haven't sent you but as a mercy to all Allah's creation. And Allah has granted us, you and me, to be the followers of that Nabi, to be the ones to know how do we live Islam and how do we act and how do we find our path to be able to be leaders. So you and I cannot say we do not know how. Allah sent us a leader and he brought about many leaders so leadership can constantly follow in this ummah. Subhanak, it's come to the end of this program. Time goes so quick. We've reached a moment where we make dua, so let's just make the final dua, inshallah. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, bismillahi ar-rahman ar-rahim. Wal-asr, inna al-insana lafi husr, illa al-lazina amanu wa'amilu al-salihat, wa tawasaw bil-haqqi wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa maulana muhammadin, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa salim. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والحمد لله رب العالمين We just beg of Allah also اللهم باركنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. That now brings us to the end of our program, Madrasa on A. I hope that you have benefited and enjoyed the show. We're back with you tomorrow again, inshallah. So from myself, Yasmina Peterson, along with everyone on board, I bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.